Kevin Gaither, the former SVP of sales at ZipRecruiter, and you're listening to the SaaS Holes. Welcome to SaaS Holes, the show dedicated to issues within the software as a service industry. Jamie, Jason, and Pete have a combined rounded up 100 years of making mistakes and are more than happy to share them with you. Please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. And if you really, really, really like us, you can buy us a beer on Patreon. The, sh- the link will be in the show notes uh, below. Today we are joined with very special guest, Kevin Gaither. Kevin and I go way back in the classified recruiting days with he at ZipRecruiter and me at CareerBuilder. I can still hear the phone calls now. Hey, uh, Pete, should I hire this guy? Should I hire this guy? What do you think about this guy? This guy, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Oh, yeah. But before we get to uh, Kevin and talk some smack, we have uh, an ad for the show. Unbelievable. A sponsor. This episode is brought to you by NeuroNoodle. Hey, athletes, get a doodle of your noodle, which is a brain map, before the season starts so you have a baseline to compare it to in case you get bonked. You get a physical every year, right? Well, get a brain checkup now before the season starts. Visit NeuroNoodle.com. It's a great service. I saw a picture of my kids on the uh... – the latest advertisement. Your royalties in the mail. Hey, uh, Carney. Yeah, Pete. <laughs> Carney. Yes. I asked my dog the other day, "What's two minus two? He said nothing. Leave us some comments smart. on He's our smart. blog. It's smart. <laughs> Leave us some comments on our blog at sassholes.net. Shout out. <laughs> Carney, oh, Carney, can't like you laugh it. like, I like that one? Because <laughs> dogs. Don't hey, one of the strongest days of the week. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, the other days are weekdays. Carney, <laughs> I like the dog one better. He tries to better. We are definitely not Will Ferrell and uh, Marky Mark. Not, not no. even close. Uh, shout outs. Shout outs. Uh, there's a new CEO of Career Builder. Anybody want to yep, shout yep. that out? I don't Sue Arthur. I don't know who she is, but she is the new CEO at Cribbler. It got announced today that the if the CEO for the last three or four years is no longer there. Okay. Wow. Well, congratulations, Sue Arthur. Joshua Akers, President North America at Bonk V O N Q. That's pretty good. He was yeah. in sales. Yeah. Remember him? Yes. That's a good dude. Yeah, I remember him. Okay, okay yes, good answer. That <laughs> <laughs> was a yes or no question. Thank, thank yeah. you. Do you, you remember him? <laughs> Don't call us the best color people. Uh, uh, I, I, I can't believe there aren't more listeners. So, Jamie, you're really Mike Siegel, into I got to shout out Mike Siegel, two years at LinkedIn. You remember Mike? He came to Kerbalder from a, he was a lawyer. And- Esquire. He likes to be called Esquire. Esquire. <laughs> yeah. Well, two years. That's pretty good. He's part of the Microsoft team. Another shout go. out, Teresa Legler. She'd been at Caribbean forever. Um, she was there before I started. And uh, I remember she's old school. She's old school. She just uh, left. To she's a lawyer. Uh, lawyer work, right? Yeah, she does like contracts. Contracts. Um, yeah, lawyer work. Okay, Teresa, miss you. Rar, you got anybody? Not today. Any deaths? No oh, good deaths? 
no good no good deaths that i found recently i um i'm really just trying to pick up the pieces after being out last week so i oh, uh, have uh, not been well, 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 welcome back to the atmosphere we we're, we're lucky to have you yeah thank okay you. we got kevin gaither our, our guy from uh zip he's he's done a lot of inside sales stuff uh, you know i thought i knew my stuff I'm going to go down this list here, uh, Kevin, and help me get this right or wrong. Top 25 most influential in inside sales by AAISP, 2010 through 2016. What Name- does AAISP stand for? I saw that on the bio. It's the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals. It's an amazing organization that uh you know uh you know pete and i are like these dyed in the wool inside sales guys and we spend our careers with headsets on and don't like go actually see people and uh the american association of inside sales professionals was finally a a great organization where us inside sales people could actually get together and uh and and talk shop face to face because you know they don't let us out of the house you know pete and i have a face for radio um, yeah, radio faces. <laughs> yeah, so, they, so they, they don't let us out of the house. So it, it's a great organization that uh, was started back in 2008 or nine and uh, has grown to a global organization with thousands and thousands of members. And it's it's uh, it's really cool because we get the this sort of birds of a feather effect. You get to talk yeah, yeah. about things that you do. And it's a, a really good, good organization. So the real question is, Fun. when is there too many letters in an acronym? A A S I P Q U T R S D H W, right? <laughs> Names of passion, and this one even has a hyphen in it. They hyphenated. Ooh, A-A-S. yes! Oh, wow! There's a there's a there's a merger there, and then somebody just hyphenated that bad boy. Uh huh. Yeah. Makes sense. You know, Makes sense. I would like to get the president uh, on here. I think that would be that would be good because we do get a lot Pete, of. Insight. Were you a member of that? Uh, that association? I didn't spend any money, but I was on the LinkedIn side. Uh, I definitely didn't do as much as Kevin did. Kevin, gotcha. Kevin's a player. He's a player. Ah, you Name, named business.com above and beyond award winner in 2006, recognizing work, ethic, and achievement. That's a good gold star for the fridge, Kevin. What's mm-hmm. that? The, the, uh, the above and ab- beyond award yeah. winning one? Because obviously I didn't get it. Yeah, that was, uh, you have to understand, like we were uh, a dot com and, uh, in, uh, you know, sort of resurrection, if you will. And I was the 30th employee, third salespeople after a riff of 170 people in 2001. And, uh, and we had to build it up from $19,000 in revenue per month, $19,000 yeah. in revenue per month. And we built it up to uh, a $70 million annual, uh, annual business and got acquired. But in 2006, we, uh, we had to make a, make a pivot and we had to put in uh, myself and my, my uh, leadership team. We had to put in um, 90 days worth of excruciating hours uh, to pull off a, uh, pull off a, a reorg that, uh, that worked very, very well. Actually, a guy, Amos Schwartzfarb, who's now with Techstars, formerly from Hot Jobs. I know you guys feel, you know, strongly about the Hot Jobs people, but this is a good, uh, a good guy. And we, we had to work our asses off like, you know, 15, 16, 17 hour days for like 90 days. It was, it was, it was crazy. So it was really nice to get a, 
get an award to recognize that kind of uh, that kind of work. You had to you know, go above and beyond. Sounds. Like I had to go above yeah. and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> See, the marketing guy knows how yep. to tie it yep. back. Yeah, down. I mean, it's all about above and beyond here. <laughs> Focus.com advisor and inside sales expert in 2011. So you're only an expert in 2011. Yes, that is correct. I became you lost an focus after. I be, yeah, you lost, lost focus. focus. Uh-huh. Lost focus. <laughs> I love it. I didn't realize this was also Sassholes, aka dad jokes. That's oh, great. Yeah, really <laughs> dad jokes. Not dad jokes. Replace the D with a B. Bad jokes. E, the bad jokes. Yes. Yeah. You come here for the banter and you stay for the information. Right. So, Kevin, you've been around a while, man. You brought up uh, hot jobs. You know, that's. Uh, the old Yahoo careers and Apollo bot Yahoo. Now it's turning, it's going full circle again, right? Crazy. Think they'll think they'll change the name. They change the CEO. You think they'll, uh, will be Yahoo I mean, careers here, again? Here's a question I got for you. Yeah. Zip recruiter. You know, you guys are going toe to toe and basically you were taking out, uh, career builders go to market strategy with sales reps, right? Uh, not income. And, that strategy should have pivoted and they should have focused it on, on e-com. And you guys came in and basically attacked Caribble stronghold, which was a small business market with your e-commerce platform. Right. So doing that, what was your guys' take on Caribble at the time when you guys were, I know at first you guys were actually getting money from Caribble to advertise Caribble jobs in the zip recruiter environment. Yeah. To when you started building up a sales team after sort of, you know, taking out the legs of your competitor, which, you know, one of them was Kerbalder because they're stronghold on the small business market. What was your thoughts about where Kerbalder was heading at that time? Down. Obviously it was, it was down. down, but it was, yeah. What, what, what was the, what was the reasoning that you guys felt like, Hey, this is a, open opportunity or open wound from your competitor that you guys can take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, we thought a lot about this. So first things first, you know, the story, the ZipRecruiter story is really amazing. It was literally, literally four founders around a kitchen table in their Mm -hmm. off hours. You know, they had real jobs and then they were sort of dabbling around and doing this thing. And they never in a million years envisioned having what they called was a, a call center. They, that meant a sales team, but that's when you have, you know, two engineers, a product guy and a design guy sitting around a kitchen yeah. table. Call center. What, what do they know about sales? You know, yeah. they, they're just, you know, they're building an e-commerce business. It's what they know. It's their, you know, it's their superpowers. And James, that's, or Jamie, that's, that's important to understand because that was the foundation. They had, they had no interest in having salespeople. And so they built up all these partnerships over the first three years, 2010 to 2013, where jobs would be posted on our site. And then we would develop the partnerships with all the other job boards that were out there, including Indeed, including Career Builder, including Monster. Monster was a huge partner of ours. Craigslist, you know, our jobs would get posted out there. And that was, uh, and that was the beginning. And they thought, great, we've got a nice little lifestyle business, generate some revenue. And um, then we started achieving uh, hockey stick growth. And these four founders now not sitting around a kitchen table. Now they're sitting in sort of like a closet in some, you know, rented office space off the third street promenade. They had a hypothesis. The hypothesis was, hmm, 
I wonder if we hired salespeople, if we could generate incremental subscribers for our business. Hmm. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. At that point in time, Jamie, and, and, you know, Jason, as the marketer, you'll be blown away by this. At that point in time, I think there was maybe six, this is 2013, 49 employees, about 6,000 customers, uh, revenues in the low $20 million range, uh, and no salespeople whatsoever. And they were generating about 9,000 registrations every month. A registration was a name, a number, an email address, corporate mm -hmm. information, and somebody who began to post a job. Now, good e-commerce takes a, a small percentage of those and converts them into paid customers. And there I am eating sushi with Ian Siegel, the CEO of ZipRecruiter, and he goes, so do you think you can do something with the like 85% of the other registrations that didn't turn into any sort of, you know, paid customer online? And I went 9,000 times 85%. These are names, numbers, email addresses. Yeah, corporate it's everything you're looking for, right? And a demonstrated Gold. interest in the product. And I went yeah. with the straightest of face with the sushi falling out of my mouth. Yeah, I think I think I could do a little something, you know, with that. But, you know, I didn't know for sure. Um, and at that point in time, we, we talk about the phrase coopetition, Pete and Jamie, you know, coopetition, you know, our in the recruitment advertising space, as you know, we all kind of depended on each other. You know, we our jobs had to go out here and their jobs had to come out here. And there was a, a lot of that coopetition. And so we we definitely were you know, wanted to make sure that we can maintain partnerships with Career Builder and Indeed and Craigslist and, uh, and Monster um, uh, over time so that we can have, you know, that, those revenue opportunities. But we also knew that when we raised our first round of funding of $60 million in 2014, and literally the day after, Indeed cut us off because they were like, hmm, maybe they're more of a competition <laughs> with a partner and they cut us off. That was and, a good idea. Yeah, well, on their part, and, uh, and, and it really kind of scared the bejesus out of us. And so, you know, Jamie, we had to really figure out how we develop a stronghold. I'm getting back to your question now, of course. We had to really develop yeah, figure out how we develop a stronghold and a defensible position in the recruitment advertising space, which was, you know, very competitive. And so we focused on incredible product and incredible marketing, and sales became sort of this adjunct sales was the was was uh, uh became sort of mm -hmm. this extra piece to the puzzle it was marketing with great product and e-commerce and sales then came in and was like cleaning up and, and adding to the ltv of these customers um and we saw then on the outside career builder and monster going down a path that that we didn't agree with and here's here's then the answer to your question because you were asking what the perspective is and i had to i had to tell the story because the four founders sitting around a kitchen table Jamie were you know not salespeople whatsoever okay um our ceo i think is an incredible incredibly smart guy or at ZipRecruiter, ian siegel and the way he thinks about this is Instead of like a wrestler, like a wrestler, instead of learning 10,000 moves and doing those moves one time, I'm going to learn one move and do that 10,000 times. 
what we observed with career builder and monster at the time was that it was um, let's go either buy a bunch of companies and software and, and, and uh, background checks and drug screening and all this kind of shit and monster and career builder were doing the same exact thing. And, and we believed, and we weren't sure about this, obviously, but we believed this was because it was such a sales driven culture. The salespeople would come out of the field and say, my God, if only I had background checks, if only I had screaming, if only I had an ATS, if only I had resume database, man, we could really hit our numbers. And so, uh, so that then made its way up the chain and they would either build something or buy something. And that, in our opinion, and again, we don't know if we're right or wrong, but you know, obviously the trajectory of revenues tells a story. We believe that that was career builder and monster, um, um, you know, doing 10,000 moves one time, as opposed to what we were trying yeah. to do was we, we, we were a one trick pony. And I say that with a smile on my face and, a, and it's a blessing and, and some money in my pocket uh, because that was, you know, thankfully we focused on, we were focused on the, you know, the recruitment advertising job. It's fascinating. I've said this on this podcast before, and I, and I know anyone who worked with me when I was at Kerbalder heard me say this multiple times. I would talk to some of our sales leaders. And I remember one sales leader said, Jamie, you don't understand. I talk to the CEO of these companies and I get asked a hundred questions that they're wrestling with at night. And so he would go through that and try to figure out which ones should we answer. And I'm like, no, it's which ones can we answer? Only answer the ones you can. It's great that you're getting all those questions, but focus on the ones that we do best and don't try to focus on the ones that we don't because you want to grow into that account. And I feel like that's what we did at Kerbler. I mean, the reality is when I, when I would look at ZipRecruiter, and I looked at you guys a lot. In fact, I, I know I talked to Ian and some of that about moving over there, but I had a non-compete. You guys marketed. I mean, the marketing was great. It was exactly what Kerbler did. Hey, we had a job recommendation tool. We could get you a candidate within 24 hours. In fact, we can get you a candidate instantaneously. But their marketing was, hey, you're going to get a, a valuable candidate within 24 hours after you post, guaranteed. And I'm like, we just didn't spend any money on e-commerce. And we didn't have the marketing hook because we were focused on so many other things. And I, was, I would always argue with our, 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 our team saying, guys, we could just go out and do what ZipRecruiter does because we do that already. We've been doing that for 10 years. Um, but they're just doing what we did and they focused on income and it was, yeah. it was, well, it was, you know, frustrating. I also, I also say, you know, there was a whole section on shout outs here and now I guess I'm going to give mine, you know, yeah, uh, there's two CMOs that I have to give shout outs to. Uh, one is Al Gutentag, who is the, uh, our second CMO and then the current CMO Cosm Safi. Um, these, these guys are incredibly bright individuals. Now that's table stakes, bright, bright, smart, you know, C-level individual, yeah. that's table stakes. But, but we were, the way that we were measuring marketing was unlike anything that I ever, I ever saw in my entire career. So, you know, you could spend a lot of money, absolutely career building. We saw it, we saw it, we started, we invented the podcast advertising, you know, channel, yes. by the way, unfortunately it's now incredibly <laughs> expensive, but like, you know, uh, what was it series or I can't remember yeah. what the heck it was, but anyway, point was that yes, anybody could spend a dollar on marketing, but we knew that we were going to get uh, some portion of that dollar back in the first 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And that level of measurement was unlike anything I'd ever seen. And that, that was a major key because sure monster career builder, LinkedIn, they all started spending money like we did. And then they didn't. And we knew that they were screwing it up because they couldn't measure what they were spending. Yeah. You could spend the same kind of money, but we, but we did it 
in, in a way that I, that was unlike anything that I ever saw really, really smart. Now that prevented us from spending the kind of money like Indeed did. So you see Indeed, you know, buying ads all over Hell's Half Acre on every single, you know, uh, um, uh, NFL, you know, uh, football yeah. show and World Series and Super Bowl and stuff like that. Because of our fiscal responsibility, Jamie, we just weren't going to spend that kind of money because we knew it wouldn't return. But career builder, yeah. I mean, uh, Indeed makes more money in revenue, uh, more, sorry, more cash flow in a year than most of our companies make in revenues in a year. So they got money to spend. <laughs> I think Indeed is a different ball game, right? They were advertising. So the reality is Indeed was a niche Google, right? Uh, they're a job search engine. Right. But they needed to brand themselves. So it sounded like they were more of a job board so that Google wouldn't get so pissed off and go, bink, you're done. Right. Yeah. And, and now Google sort of thinking like, OK, Google for jobs. Yeah. So I think they needed to brand themselves. They needed to spend money so that Google wouldn't invade their space. And now Google is playing around in that space again, I'm sure. And it's driving indeed nuts. But like Cribbler and Monster and both of them were going down the same path. I think they just didn't know where to spend their money because they wanted to hire multiples of a software. They wanted to hire multiples over here yeah. and they just didn't know where to spend the money. So they didn't spend the money or if they did, it was so small that no one knew because uh, they were trying to expand into software. And I think that this is a great lesson for anyone in there. It's okay if your company just does one thing really good. Just continue to do that one thing really good and you'll get economic rents and make as much money as you can. You yeah. don't need to expand outside of that area until you really have the uh, capabilities and expertise to do it. Yeah, there's there's, well, there's, no, there's no question that my enterprise team, you know, regularly were getting their asses handed to them when we were talking to larger customers that were like, well, you don't offer this and you don't offer that. And we're like, no, we do one thing really, really well. And and that, that served us right. But of course, when you're, you know, a salesperson and you're right, you know, smack dab in the front of a, you know, an SVP of talent acquisition, who's basically throwing all the products that Indeed offers at you. Yeah, we do hiring events. Don't you do hiring events? No, we don't do hiring events. We do one thing really, really well. It's, it's difficult. When you come out of the field, you're like, God, if only we had hiring events, you know? Yes. It's hard not to do that as a salesperson when you get your ass handed to you face to face. This is a really interesting strategy conversation, right? So it's a strategic choice to do one thing well, and it is a strategic choice to focus on a specific market. Um, and, and so I, you know, I, Kevin, you just said something really interesting, which is, you know, you did one thing well, small business was your bread and butter, and all of a sudden you just popped up with our enterprise team would get their ass kicked. So from a strategy perspective, I think it would be interesting yeah. to, to talk through that, right? If, you're, yeah. if what you do well is laser focused on the small business, yeah. why do you have an enterprise team? So how does that develop and, and what were you doing there? And um, I'm not comparing you against any other company. I'm just interested in those strategic choices that you make and how you expand and contract. In yeah, this is, yeah, this is so, I love telling this story because it, it's, it's also, you know, uh, another learning lesson for our, our, our audience here, because most people don't know this other than those that like got their behinds handed to them. But 
Um, we, we built, we started building an inside sales team in 2013. We also started building an enterprise team in, that in, in 2013. And that enterprise team had three legs to it. One was uh, recruitment advertising agencies. The other was staffing firms. And the third was enterprise direct, going to the brands, you know, directly. Okay. Yep. And yep. after a matter, after about, um, after about, uh, gosh, what was it? About two or three years, I took over as the head of all sales. I was really just inside sales and I took over. And, and what I observed was that um, the recruitment advertising side of our enterprise business and the staffing side of the business was just sort of plug and play. They, they, they were resellers. I literally changed the name of it to channel sales because yeah. they, they, the, the staffing firms and the recruitment advertising firms were taking our candidates, packaging up in their own special way <laughs> and yep. presenting them to the client. We weren't talking to the client. So therefore we didn't have to have a very good like um, enterprise interface for staffing firms and recruiting, recruitment advertising agencies. They took our candidates and did what they needed to do with them. Enterprise Direct, however, total shit show, total shit show. And the reason for that, and this is the strategy piece, Jason, that I like love to describe. We were focused on an SMB product. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were not going to develop any resources towards an enterprise product. So, so literally my salespeople, which, of which we had um, at its previous peak in like 2014, 15, we had something like eight enterprise salespeople, which is nothing like compared to CareerBuilder, obviously, but we were testing it out. And we had these eight direct salespeople going to the customer directly. And Jason, they would come out of the field and they would say, these enterprise customers are looking for sexy charts and graphs. And, and they would name basic stuff that, yeah. that CareerBuilder had, Monster had. And I'm not talking about like extraordinary or, or, you know, unique product offerings. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, we want to be able to log in period. Okay. We didn't have a login. We wanted sexy chart. We want to log in and download sexy charts and graphs that we could put into our decks to show to our bosses. If we're at Coca-Cola or, you know, Pepsi or, you know, whatever. Okay. And we weren't going to devote any product resources or marketing resources to, to going after enterprise. And when I took over as the head of sales, I saw that the first two channels, staffing and recruitment advertising agencies, this was plug and play. I mean, not that it was easy, but it was, it was plug and play. They took our candidates, but going after enterprise direct, hell, if we don't have an enterprise product and if we don't have enterprise marketing, why in the hell am I sending yeah. my enterprise direct salespeople to go talk to Coke and Pepsi and all these direct right. brands? And so I said, uh-uh, no more done. And that's yeah. it. And we got, and we got rid of it um, because if you, and this is the strategy, if you don't have an enterprise product and if you don't have enterprise marketing, why in the hell are you going to send your salespeople out into the field to go get their asses handed to them? Okay. So that's that was right. lesson number one. Now, but the question was then, Jason, you just talked about this enterprise team. Yeah. Yeah. So this was 2014, 2015, whatever it was. And every year, every couple of months, somebody would look at me with a, with a smirk on their face and say, hey, KG, <laughs> what's your enterprise strategy? As if they were going to like sort of like trap me and yeah. go, God, yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about I that. I never thought about that. Enterprise, yeah, enterprise yeah. strategy. Wow. And, and I would quite simply respond, 
hey man, you know, you tell me what our enterprise product strategy is and our enterprise marketing strategy is. You tell me those things and I'll build you a kick ass enterprise sales strategy. But, but, you know, you can't put the cart before the horse and then they, you know, they'd sort of go away. But an interesting thing happened. In 2017, I was interviewing a woman from Monster for our staffing team but she was actually coming from the enterprise team at Monster. And, uh, and she described to me that after layoffs, they had something like 70 enterprise, Monster in 2017, still had something like 60 or 70 enterprise salespeople. And those people were doing like, in total, they were doing like $140 million. I nearly drove my car off PCH. Like, yeah. are you freaking kidding me? People are still spending money with Monster. <laughs> it just, it like hit me like a ton of bricks. And it, it like, it really, really rocked me. And then I realized, and you guys all remember this, and this probably still exists. We would also get this feedback about Indeed customers. Indeed customers would say, we just have to do business with Indeed, but man, we do not like doing business with those people. They're mean. They they take advantage of us, and they basically say, "Here's the price. If you don't like it, you know, go someplace else." Go pound sand, yeah. Go pound sand, and we saw very. Uh, uh, and then, of course, you know, Career Builder had its own challenges, and so I saw this. There was this opening. There was this like chasm, like like this this we could fill this void. Really? There's customers spending 140, whatever the number was, $140 yeah. million dollars a year yeah. with Monster, a, 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 an inferior product? Are you kidding me? And so I put together a deck and Jason, I, I went literally went around the horn. I went CEO, COO, CMO, CTO, um, CPO, our guys. I went around uh, the, the our legal team. I went to our legal team and I said, I dangled the carrot and I said, here's what we could have. This is a growth me mechanism for us to go up market and get enterprise. And I put this big hundred million dollar number over several years. And of course it's like the drool. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we would love that. And then I would go page down to the next slide and I'd say, well, then this is what I need from you. And marketing, I need budget, resources, people that are going to develop product. I need product resources to develop enterprise product. Legal, I need dedicated legal resources to go up market and go after enterprise, you know, because the contracts, of course, take forever and with enterprise yeah. and not SMBs. And yeah. I literally went around the horn and I said, if you want this, you need to commit. And I was not going to go forward with an enterprise sales strategy until absolutely everybody, you know, committed. The only person who gave me some pushback was our CTO and said, this sounds great. Please just don't go after like Bank of America because the kind of technical requirements <laughs> right. you're going to ask for, you know, to get into like, traffic. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. So, so all, all good there. And so then we started hiring on the enterprise team to go up market with product strategy and a marketing strategy. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's perfect, but um, the revenues from that, uh, from that enterprise team uh, have, and, I'm, and my team is fantastic. Shout out to Veronica Couts, who I think is a career builder now. Shout out to Dave, Dave Tuttle, who's currently the VP of enterprise sales and a whole host of people that helped us get where we needed to be. The, the revenues from the enterprise team just skyrocketed because the chasm existed where it was monster career builder, inferior product, indeed being assholes to their customers. And we then had devoted product marketing and sales resources 
to then go after that in this hand-to-hand combat that is enterprise. It wasn't inside sales, so it's a totally different muscle for us. Yeah. Uh, and and we uh, and we're winning. And we, you know, it was hard. It still is hard. But uh, but in deep face, the same thing, Jason. You may recall that you know back when you know 2017, Indeed was only about five years into going up market as well. Yeah. And they were, yeah. and, and, uh, and they faced this, literally they faced the same objections that we did. Aren't you guys for SMBs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, lo- I love the, I love well, the Grubble had that same trade. problem back in the day, you know, yeah. we, we were, we were newspaper related and we went up against monster and monster was considered the, the enterprise yeah, brand. And we were thing. the local SMB and they were like, aren't you guys? So everyone has experienced that. I think when you guys attacked, the enterprise, you know, and, and you had that Casmic, Career Builder and Monster were were at that point inferior products and selling on relationship. And I think it, it, when you go in there with data, and, and and you can you can uproot a relationship sale, especially when those relationships are strained because they're laying off people and and the rep that they used to have is no longer there. The relationship is strained. It's not the guy they've had for the last eight years. It's somebody new. Yeah. Well, I, t- I tell you what, though, that, that, that you know, my, my hat's off to Career Builder, though, because that's building the kind of relationships that, that Career Builder did. I mean, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with um, uh, Charlie Bolenball on the, on the West Coast and Brian Carrillo uh, in learning about, you know, how we all how Career Builder, uh, you know, did things. And Pete and I talked a lot as well. And 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 uh, it really is impressive. You know, that relationship was really strong because there was customers that kept buying and even buying stuff, it would seem that they didn't need, but they would just buy because there was this, you know, that relationship. And that's, that's really powerful. And, and, and I overpaying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. Yes. No question about it. But, but at the same time, there was that relationship and there was that trust and, and that, that is, uh, that is very respectable. And I, I do have to, you know, tip my hat to, uh, to career builder. Cause that well, was, that was, well, inver- there- well, there's a, there's a couple things we got to bring up, okay? It depends where you were in the business cycle, who the investors were at the time, the focuses would change. You know, Career Builder was owned by the newspapers, three or four different entities that wanted their siphon of cash to do yeah. w- with whatever. Yeah, and that's a strategic um, choice too, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, but with uh, Kevin here, I want to kind of hear about, we, we brought up SDRs uh, on the show. What is an SDR for our, again, sales development? Sales development rep? rep? Yeah, 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 is that what they are? Okay. They're an outbound sure. rep. A BDR is an inbound rep. They're there oh. to set appointments. Oh, thank you. I get you already lost. know that. Yeah. I get lost in the acronyms. But <laughs> should it be reporting to sales or marketing, Kevin? Now, I'll hang up and wait for my answer. <laughs> um. Uh, frankly, I think uh, your your uh, your mileage might vary. There's, in fact, some research has come out recently from the uh, the Bridge Group, which is a highly respectable inside sales consultancy on the East Coast, led by one of my favorites, Trish Bertuzzi. People call me an inside sales expert. They call Pete an inside sales expert. Trish Bertuzzi is the inside yeah. sales expert. And some of the research that just came out this year suggests that about 30% of SDR BDR teams report into uh, into market. And the reason for that is that it's a lead generation engine, especially if you're saying I'm outbound, whatever you call it, BDR, SDR, it flips all over the place, whatever. But but point is that it's it's very easy to to envision it being a part of the uh, of the marketing organization. 
you know, look, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So I, you know, I can't envision a world that I lead sales and SDRs and BDRs don't report up into me. Um, but it's not, it's not out of the question. And 30%, 33% of orgs out there have them reporting up into marketing. Okay. How efficient are they? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't yeah. know the answer to that question. Um, but it is nice to have that um, span of control over that lead lead generation engine. But when you call it lead generation, it's easy to go, well, I guess it could report to marketing, but it really depends on having a strong marketer over there that understands, you know, that, that top third of the funnel. I've, I've, I've managed SDR teams discreetly, just that was my sole job. And it is, it is not the same. <laughs> it, is, it is not the same. Yeah. So sure, you know, Jamie, it could report into marketing, but that person, she better, she better know her shit about about the top third of the of the of the funnel because it's it's not the same thing. I was just gonna say that the other thing that it requires. I mean, I, I completely agree with you, Kevin. And the other thing it requires is is um, the marketing team and the sales team to have a relationship that is a real relationship where they actually learn from each other and and discuss this. Because if you've got a team that's supposed to catch an inbound lead or prospect somebody and then set them up for a rep. And I've been involved in teams that report into both places. And when you don't have that communication and that relationship, it doesn't matter how many you set up, they always suck. It doesn't matter how many you set up, they never get closed. It doesn't matter. You know, there's always this, this quality issue. And so um, not only do you have to understand that top of the funnel, but you have to build this relationship with, I mean, you know, how many times do we have to talk about it on the show? before, um, you know, marketers and sales teams really start doing it because it's, yeah. that, that's the, the key to me is that's the key. Yeah. Well, here's a fun fact for you. So, um, uh, the CMO of, um, HubSpot, I believe his name is Kit Bodnar. I met yeah. with him several months ago and he told me that his SDRs, 90% of their comp, their variable comp comes from the deal closing. Yeah, yes, you, yes. You want to talk about creating <clears throat> communication? Well, That's the incentive right. is there. Now their sales cycles are incredibly short. And so there's, you know, there's, it's not a one size fits all, you know, answer. But some of the SDR teams that I've built at in the past, 50% of their compensation is based on the meeting passing. Yeah. The other 50% is based on the, the, the deal closing. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and without that incentive between the either the leaders or between the uh, between the salespeople and the sales, uh, you know, the SDR BDRs, without that incentive, that financial incentive in between, it's very easy to say, my goal is just passing you 10 meetings. Yeah. I don't give a shit what the quality is. Right. I don't give a right. shit if it closes. <laughs> I don't give a shit if I can forecast it. Yeah. And there's a lot of SDR teams out there, a lot. There's a lot of SDR teams out there that that operate that. And that that Jason creates creates that disconnect. And so it's up to the CRO or the CEO to, to then say, head of marketing, head of sales, I'm going to give you a shared number and you, you all yep. have to hit that together That's and then right. you figure out what the incentives are there. But if you, if, if you just say it, like Jason, everyone talks about it. Everyone talks about sales, marketing alignment, and it's a bunch of happy horseshit unless you actually have the incentives that put the right. two together. And I think that that's, that's some things that we've, we've in my career, not just at ZipRecruiter, we've, uh, we've, we've done pretty well. Cause, cause if you don't have it, you're going to get that like, Oh, the leads you're saying. Oh, for sure. shit. <laughs> I think one yeah, of the no, biggest that's, problems that's how though, we operate today. One of the biggest problems with having the SDR in the marketing world is when the times get bad, 
it creates an excuse. They both point, the sales guys are gonna point that the SDR leads are bad. When they're in the, the world of the CRO or the head of sales and sales just aren't happening, you know, then sales can only point the product. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like really yeah. at the end of the day, they're going to, they own the, they own it all the way through. So I think that the third of the companies that have it in marketing times might be good. And therefore they don't know that the ball is going to be passed. But once, once it goes yeah. South, it creates an excuse and you want to limit as many excuses as possible. Yeah, that's right. Have people be able to take ownership for, you know, success and failure. So, so I, check, I feel check like this out, putting my money where my mouth is. Uh, at my last company, Upkeep, one, uh, the metric that I, so we had an OKR process and there was a lead generation OKR that was associated with it. When I got there, thankfully I was able to participate in creating the OKRs for 2021. And, uh, and I was adamant that the lead generation OKR uh, had a metric that measured that OKR, like what was the measurement that, you know, of success that OKR was shared between the head of marketing and myself. And I said, the metric that you and I need to be paid on every quarter on this is ARR per lead, ARR per mm. lead. It was putting it all together because you could generate a bunch of leads that don't close and that yeah. metric is going to go this way, the denominator bigger than the, you know, and so, uh, and so having a, having a metric that, that tied us together upon which we were paid. Um, I didn't uh, stay there long enough for, uh, for me to get paid on that or uh, the head of marketing get paid on, but that's Jason, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, like really yeah. creating, you know, that, that bond with a financial incentive like that. Right? Well, I think, I think Kevin here, I mean, I don't know what your your time is like, but uh, I think you could be an honorary sasshole. I mean, yeah. there's so much stuff we could talk about. I I mean, there's there's so many uh, rabbit holes we can go down. Because, I mean, we haven't even talked about it really. Sales incentive plans. You know what what should somebody get paid on? You know that's on the front lines. Recruiting. Oh my God, classified advertising right now. Nobody can find anybody. We can advertise, but if there's nobody looking. Uh, September, the surplus should run out. I'm guessing, you know, you think more people, you know, restaurant workers, you know, oh my God, have you gone to a restaurant lately? Forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd be happy. I'd be thrilled to, thrilled to come on again. Thrilled oh, we're gonna, with, you know, host with you if you, if you needed. You know, oh, like, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we need it. This show sucks. We need yeah. help, man. Yeah, it stinks. We got to get yeah, we, got, we got a ton of uh, topics left. I mean, I, seriously, we could talk about this for three more hours. I totally Wonderful. agree. Wonderful. No, it's we get we get fired up. Now, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the show. Can we point at, uh, anywhere for you on LinkedIn? Should we put that in there for you, or you want to be left alone? That's fine. People know how to find me. All right, you, <laughs> if they're going to find me. They'll you, find you, me. You've been around, okay. But everybody, everybody's had a stint everywhere, my friend. <laughs> KG, uh, we're going to bring them on, but uh, we want to bring them on with you. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work around your schedule. You, you bring it. a lot to you. You bring a lot to the table, man. I appreciate you, you coming on. Happy to happy to help, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. And you know, Pete, a shout out to you. You didn't really give yourself enough credit. You know, Pete alluded to this previously. Uh, you know, we when we started uh, hiring up in inside sales and, and on the enterprise team, I started calling all these, you know, career builder people, current and former, and they all had one thing in common. And that was Pete. They all worked for Pete. 
<laughs> I, I would go so far as to say that Pete probably bred thousands and thousands, thousands of, of salespeople that are, you know, that have gone on to, you know, amazing things. And so, you know, my respect and hats off to you, Pete. Hey, KG, I, if I didn't do it, you did. So between the two of us, I think that's why uh, we could have a hell, hell of a show together. Right. So pound right. out. All right. Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Thanks. thanks for listening to the Sassholes. On behalf of Jason, Jamie, and myself, Pete, we thank you for listening and ask you to please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. And if you really, 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 really like us, buy us a beer on Patreon. Thanks for listening. Cue the music. showed up i apologize for last week i literally everything literally figuratively and and then you put the cherry on top of the sunday about giving advice and how we can get better (laughs) no i was you are a stroke man i wasn't saying i was saying that we could we I could show. We could show can. up at the time that it's that doesn't change. That you're reminded of. I literally, I, I figuratively, no, I literally was sitting. I just got engrossed in something and I lost track of time. And then I was like, Holy "Oh crap, yeah, that's uh, that. That'll do." Yeah. And my awesome. wife walked by and goes, "Don't you have your podcast?" I'm like, "Holy shit." All I said was that we should tag ourselves as revenue labs. Right? I didn't even look at that. I'm, I'm like, a guy's giving me input, which is always valuable, when all he's got to do is fucking show up. Can't hold that against me like, the whole time. It was a mistake. And it's like, why is Pete such a dick to me? This is why. This is why, Carney. This is why I'm a dick to you. It was one time. I apologize. I understand. It's not one time. I understand you got a job. No, the other times this is... I told you that was a complete brain fart. Thing. Yeah, you I were done it. quick because I was trying. I was like, "Oh, I couldn't." There's nothing else scrambling to, do. to find. Talk a to talk to myself. Am I tell myself a joke? <laughs> yeah, it's quick. That's what happens when nobody fucking shows up. I said I was sorry. I tried to show up. Hey, I hear you, man. This is a hobby. Did, it's did a Jason, hobby. Did, did Jason even text at all? I didn't see anything. Because I was pinging you guys. I was trying to find the link in an email, and I should have just gone to Google Calendar and grabbed it. Oh, really? That's a good idea. But whatever. And then I would have jumped in like 10 minutes ago. No idea. I I was thinking you when I was texting you guys going, what? Oh, that's it. I then hit the join, and you didn't let me in. 
Yeah, in the I, was in the, I was in the middle of doing it. Okay, here. I let's... was like, let me in, let me in. Hi, this is Kevin Gaither, the former SVP of sales at ZipRecruiter, and you're listening to the Sassholes. Bam, one take. Kevin, I love it. Carney, you want to go or me? You got it. I'm the uh, idiot who didn't show up last time. Yeah, you are. Hey, marketing's here. Hey, Jason Ferrara. Don't worry, we weren't trying to get you all that for missing last week. We we didn't talk any shit on uh, you at all. Uh, I'm sure. Say say hello to Kevin Gaither. Hey, Kevin. Jason, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. My grandmother taught me nothing about personal finance, so... Um, you were lucky if your grandmother did. <laughs> that, that, that she did in her white BW bug. Ah, very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let's fire up this jalopy. 